Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. We're dead proud to be working with IPHM this season and can't wait to tell you all about them and their services. The IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we are an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. It's weird, isn't it? Always when we do the good morning bit, when we've actually been talking and trying to record our podcast ending all morning. (laughs) I know, but you know what? I love podcast days with you. I love podcast days. They're quite like, they're relaxed, but stressful at the same time. It's like a nice kind of level of stress, isn't it? That busy stress. Just look how far we've come and like, what you mean? We've moved out of the wardrobe. (laughs) Yeah, we've moved from the wardrobe to the living room. (laughs) Yeah, still no studio, but we'll get there. But the fact that this is still like edited by us, by Be Sober, I say yours, you do the hard bit. Well, no, that's, I think us is fair. You do all the marketing and all the putting together of those clips that we're going to be using. And they are, I won't be able to do that. And this is just it. Teamwork makes the dream work. I know that's so cliche, but it probably is. It really does. I love it. I love working with you. I don't know why I'm so soppy this morning. You are a little bit. I love you too. Right, come on, who have we got on today? So we've got Kylie on today. Kylie is the host of a popular podcast, A Meaningful Life by Design. She's also the founder of Inspired Careers, Inspired EVP and A Meaningful Life by Design. She's an entrepreneur, career and recovery coach and a former people and culture leader of 15 years. Like you've got to be sober to do this shizzle, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I know you actually have. She's lived and worked across the globe. She's worked in London, Rome, Sydney, and more recently Byron Bay and Bali. Oh, Oh, it's like your um, dream. (laughs) I know she's been featured. She's a mixed job, isn't she? She's a mixed job. Yeah, she is actually. (laughs) Well, she does say, you know, that she led a double life which oh. will be very interesting to find out about but yeah <laughs> she's also featured in Harper's Bazaar and Women's Health and Fitness among other publications and now featuring on Be Sober. Hi Kylie. Hi Kylie. Hello. It feels like this has been such a long time coming thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We made it happen in the end though so happy days. My so pleasure. how are you? I'm really well, thanks. Yeah, it's the uh, end of the day for me here in Bali. Um, but um, yeah, oh, good. Really well, oh, thank you. I'm so jealous you threw the end of the in Bali bit in because honestly, here in the UK, certainly in the north of the UK, it's just raining and the leaves are all on the ground now. So yeah, this is us now, cooped up, hibernating until spring. <laughs> Of course, because, yeah, you're the reverse. So because, the, yeah, this corner of the globe, summer and Christmas are at the same time. So although that said, it's, it's hot year-round, we're actually coming into rainy season. So that's that's fun. So how long have you been in Bali? Uh, about three and a half years now. 
Is this a permanent fix to this one or are you just going to continue moving because you've been literally everywhere? <laughs> uh, I moved a few. I'm not 21 though, so it's like I've moved around in my many years. Um, I um, No, Bali is home. Bali is very much home. It was my base prior to the crisis, but then um, getting yeah, locked out of Australia essentially, it's now very much home. So, yeah. So who knows? Watch this yeah. space, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a really beautiful here, place to call home. Mm. Um, on that side note, you were just talking about weather and I don't want to bring you back, but I am because my toes are freezing <laughs> and I forgot to put <laughs> socks on. Oh, you've got, and I've you've had, got quite a time now then, Lisa, with freezing feet. Next 30 minutes are going to be I know, colder. I know. We've um, cut our podcast down to 30 minutes. So it's really, mm-hmm. we're finding it quite difficult because we love to talk, but we're going to kick mm-hmm. straight off if that's all right, Kylie. Yeah, let's do it. That stood out for me whilst reading your bio, actually, was that you said you were leading a crazy double life. And I know you've mm-hmm. talked openly about finding yourself face down surrounded by empty vodka bottles. And I'm really mm-hmm. sorry to do this, but could mm-hmm. you take us back to that time? Because it wasn't always straightforward for you, was it? No, no, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's strange, you know, reflecting back on that period because it was just, it was so different um, from my life now. And, and even the double life, the elements, the, there was just such a polarity between the two elements of my life. And but it was really, it, it got really dark. So my, the, the you know the lowest time. So I was a um, high functioning alcoholic, and I really want to use those inverted commas there because you know you're high functioning in terms of yeah, you got a job and you do stuff like that. But really, like the your whole inner world, my inner world was just you know I was so broken, and um, so. So like the at the absolute worst of it, I was in this relapse, re, sometimes rehab um, cycle, and so I would I'd stop drinking, you know, for a period. Actually, I was in, listening to one of your podcasts, one of your earlier podcasts, and yeah, people who stop for a month or stuff are like, yeah, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I'm fine because I can stop for a month. Mm. I used to stop for a month all the time, but this is how bad it got when, so this is indicative of, you know, that is because there's a big distinction between a heavy drinker and an alcoholic and, and my alcohol, particular breed of alcoholism, like the absolute worst of it was um, drinking for days leading into weeks on end, drinking vodka out, out of a bottle in bed, my hair was matted, um, you know, hadn't showered for a couple of days. The sheets smelled of, of, of vodka. You know, it's it really does, you know, and I'm okay to talk to that about the extremes of how bad it got because that really does, maybe for people who think that it's just, oh, you know, it's the same as somebody who's a bit sick and, you know, and, you know, if they're a bit sad, that's the same as depression. They really just need to go for a run. You know, when you realise the depths of alcoholism and addiction and you understand how the neurology has fundamentally changed, so the what, you know, what was a healthy, active, functioning part in the process within the reward centres of the brain moves to the mammalian or primitive part of the brain yeah. and the, the frontal lobe is completely offline. So consequences are just offline. So, you know, and my family would try and help me. So they would like go, okay, you know, you need to sober up. You need to get back to work. 
and I had my own consulting business so I could explain away all these big gaps, you know. And um, so they almost bolt me in my room, you know, and I, I climbed out of my I climbed out of my window and went and got more vodka because at that stage also I'd go into um, withdrawal, like quite a severe yeah. withdrawal. So, so I, in, in, there would be a period in my mind in the depths of the addiction where, yeah, I had bottles in it and under the bed and stuff too and where it was just like, consequences don't matter I just need more booze and but then once I dry out once we kind of move through those days and here's the the double life um I would then be like okay okay I'm back to it some explain some excuses need to double down on work need to get a new client in maybe to need to launch a new podcast so from the outside, if I could explain away those gaps, it still looked shiny. But yeah. the but also the the degradation of, you know, the sh- like first thing you know, I'd miss a meeting and then I'd feel so much shame, and then when I'd fall into these um, these holes as well, you know, I'd be walking down my own hallway and I'd bump into things, you know, and and then I'd come out of the relapse and I'd be getting so bad and I'd be like. I eat so well. I drink green juices. I like nourish mind, body, and spirit. I get up and do yoga. I run on the beach for sunset. I do my affirmations. And I have this life that looks so wonderful. And then I would look at the damage that I would do to myself. Like I, do, I had bruises for, from like falling over in my own house. And my partner at the time would kind of follow me into the bathroom. And I'd, I'd run into the shower and close the door really quickly because I didn't want him to see me me I didn't want anyone to see what I'd done to myself you know and what was going on in my head during those periods is just like the, the self-hate and the shame that gets worse so then you know you start drinking and then you need to you need to then medicate that level of self-hatred and shame and, and degradation so yeah it got pretty dark <laughs> it's that that you're describing mm. that keeps you absolutely stuck isn't it a mixture of the shame and the, mm. the need to kind of hide it and the need to mask the physical and emotional pain so I really both of us can empathize with that shame mm. cycle both of both mm. of us can and especially what you were saying there about the fact that you had this really healthy life on the outside because I think both mm. of us did that as well you know like mm. I was I was running a marathon and exercising mm. nobody would have known um even I don't think I knew really I just thought mm. that was okay you know it's it, it really does conflict with what your true beliefs are and that kind of takes mm. me on to wanting to know a little bit more about that because you talk about living within your values in sobriety now by the sounds of things you definitely weren't living within your values <laughs> in your drinking days so can you just tell us a little bit more about that and how you now live by your values what's changed Thank you. Look, that's a, that's a brilliant question, and and I, as we discussed, we try and kind of keep this podcast to a limited length because I could bang on about this for hours. Because I really do think that the secret to a, you know, a meaningful life is a, a values based life. When we really we're very clear on what's important to us, what matters to us, and then we live aligned to that. And you know, for, for me, I had those values before, but but alcohol, alcoholism, and, and addiction is a a. Cr- chronic you know relapsing neurological disease it is the pathological soothing of a deep psychological wound and it is a mental illness and if you look at a brain scan it is a deviation from the norm just like bipolar or something else would be once you move to like dsm5 severe criteria so yeah and that was exactly to your point 
it's where the shame really kicked in because I was so so I was clear on my values around um, integrity and honesty and kindness and compassion and giving back and you know a meaningful work and in, inspiring others and you know I really feel like I'm on the planet to make an impact in the smallest of ways and maybe some larger ways and to alleviate suffering and to help others and and show up for my family and the people that I, I that I love and just show self love and. And I was doing that for months at a time and then I'd fall into these two kind of two weeks of, of doing the absolute polar opposite. And yeah, and that's because you're exactly right. That's where that shame kicks in. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, you, I mean, you learned in sobriety, you learned to medicate any old shame with, you know, sharing those stories with a clinical psychologist or in a place where there's no no shaming and no, you know, judging, so like 12-step groups. But, and also, you know, esteemable actions build esteem. But you can't get out of shame while you keep doing shameful things. So while you're drinking, it just it just continues. It's yeah. such a brilliant point you make that mm. you can't get out of sh- um, shame while doing shameful things. That is like, that mm. holds it really well for us. That um, I think it's really well described. We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you a little bit more about our friends at IPHM. So IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a bit of a difference. They pride themselves in the personal service and it's proper humans in the office checking through the applications. They genuinely know how hard you've worked to start your own business and they'll be there for you every step of the way. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love, as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. So if you want to stand out from the rest and become part of a worldwide recognised organisation, then choose IPHM for confidence and trust. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we're an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. This might be a really good time where people might want to find out a little bit more about your work. So you do a lot of work around this on your own podcast. Would you give it a little plug at this point for us, please, Kylie? Oh, I would love to. Thanks for the opportunity. So um, in terms of the work that I do now is, you know, from from my um HR and corporate days, I moved into career coaching. And then from career coaching, I've moved that now and studied uh, the neuroscience of mental health and um, addiction and uh, whatever. So I studied a lot and complex trauma. And um, and now I work as, an, as uh, an executive recovery coach. So I do work with a lot of high-performing um, uh, addicts. Uh, I really know that's kind of part of my story, but, you know, it's, anyone in you know in in, and also in any type of addiction because the the addiction at the end is the symptom you know it's what whether we pick up sex or you know or it's whatever it is you know whatever whether it's heroin whether it's a needle or or it's a whole lot of sugar whatever we pick up at the end is in some ways irrelevant um and so the work that, that I do is, uh, yeah, it's recovery coaching and the podcast A Meaningful Life by Design is all around, you know, intentional living and empowering others through people telling their sh- stories of how they've healed in their, in their life to empower others to, to do the same. 
Thank you, Kelly. We'll put your links on with um, the podcast anyway, so everybody can find you. But just thinking then about what you were saying about your values again, actually, massively relatable. And I think a lot to our listeners as well, because you know what you do find is a lot of alcoholics are people that are drinking too much. The good, lovely, Mm -hmm. generous nice people that just want to help other people and I know that like when I used to drink quite a lot I was a health and nutrition coach at that point I was helping Mm -hmm. people to feel better about themselves and then going home and drinking and feeling absolute crap about about myself but you know what it's um for anybody that is listening that thinks I want to be living that or my authentic life mm-hmm. what was the most difficult thing for you about getting sober and what did you do to overcome it um oh there's so much in what you've just said there and it just, it's just really landed with me and you know because you one of the things that makes people um, alcoholics and addicts is in terms of genetic pairing, we have, um, you know, creativity, sensitivity and intelligence. And mo- what makes us ripe for addiction is being sensitive people, sensitive, caring, empathetic, yeah. compassionate people. So, you know, the whole idea that it used to be, you know, like is that you had low willpower or some kind of moral failing. Did that, that those ideas just don't, that old ideology just, just does not have legs. But to, to your point, to answer your question, I found it really hard to get sober because of, um, uh, I'm so determined and so driven and in other areas of my life, I've been able to overcome things and drive and I just thought I could fix myself. So um, my dedication, you know, I understood neuroplasticity, you know, and, you know, and also just all these other practices to build self-love, you know. Um, I understood all of that, but I I didn't really understand the complexity of the changes in my brain. So to to actually get better, there had to be some really, some for me, and hopefully this doesn't have to be everyone's journey, some real rock bottoms that made me, that had to like that had to humble me to go Kai you can't fix this on yourself you can't fix this yourself you know you need you need to you need you need help and so there needed to be a level of humility um and honesty with myself that I really had a serious problem and that I wasn't my best efforts had not fixed it so those rock bottoms taught me that I really that I really couldn't do it um understanding that uh, it was a result of uh, complex trauma. So then when I started to do the work um, on understanding, um, you know, the healing, the complex trauma. So it was a combination of some rock bottoms, harsh reality, realising that I couldn't do it myself and that I needed professional help. And then, when you say and, then, rock- and also the, the, the fellowship and then also working with the fellowship, which I think is, can, be, can be an important part, that community really helped as well, a really good community. Yeah. Absolutely. When, when you mentioned there about rock bottoms, was there a particular one for you that made you think, right, this is it, I have, I have got to stop? Okay, well, there's probably about three or four we would have hoped. Oh, oh come on, okay. we'll but it back. just kept. It don't get some popcorn. Is it bad? Okay, we love a rock bottom. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I can, it's funny. I love to talk to alcoholics and, and, and addicts about this. Other people would be horrified. They'd be like, what? Hit bottles under the bed? You're like, yeah, that's just the half of it, you know? <laughs> but, um, but no, it, I mean, so there was – the rock bottom wasn't when my fiancé left me and cancelled the wedding three weeks before and I was in the fetal position on the floor. No, that wasn't it. Yeah, I um, felt it was, yeah, like taking down the website that we built and uh, just, I mean, now I'm getting a bit cheery about that upsets me also because the pain that I caused the people that I loved, you know. Yeah. So this was a rock bottom but not the final one, was my uh, ex-fiancé who is one of my dearest friends and biggest advocates in sobriety, beautiful human, he said to me, he's like, I can't watch the woman I love kill herself in front of me. Oh. And that's why he had to leave. He just loved me too much and he also loved himself enough not to do it. But that didn't oh. stop me. The, fi- the, the, the final rock bottom was I was doing a medical detox in, um, uh, in hospital and I had on the Valium was all hazy and I couldn't work out, like I was a bit confused with the days. And I got confused and I thought nobody was coming to see me. I thought this is it. They've, they've finally, my family, they've had enough, you know, like everyone's just being pushed to their limit. They're not coming back anymore. And then I saw my dad round the corner, you know, and come in, you know, to come and, yeah, to take me home, which they, you know, which they always did. They were, I'm very, very lucky to have such a loving and supporting family who didn't leave me, you know. Um, yeah, but, you know, and also another one that wasn't low enough, my dad strong Australian, you know, male, successful, doesn't show his emotions, tearing up next to the bed, you know, and that still didn't stop me. It shows the insanity of this. But, yeah, that rock bottom combined with some, you know, inner realisations. I really feel that. I felt that what you've just said and it's not mine was it's not about my story that I've got very close people close to me that I feel exactly that way about like mm. I wish you know the people you love that what you said there about watching the person that you love the most do this to themselves it's so painful I really felt that and I can feel how much that affected you we better put a trigger think, warning on there that was like that was really yeah I can feel how raw that still is but maybe you know collective mm. rock bottoms one two three four five whatever it is it's all those little moments that bring you to realization isn't it it is and, and I do really you know for me I think the story of um of anyone who's had tragedy in their life because those experiences are near-death experiences I fell once and had a bleed on the brain and I, and I could have could have died you know all of these they can be the phoenix rising from the ashes they can be the the material all of these experiences you know I reassessed everything in my life you know like I thought I had my values on paper and all of that everything that really mattered and I'm a far better human because of the experience that I've gone through and um yeah but and but to your point it's, it's really hard loving alcoholics and addicts and once you become part of the world you know um it's, it's something I, I'm sure you guys have experienced it too. We'll probably go to more than our fair share of um, funerals and wakes and losing people that you love because that's just the reality. You know, not everyone's story needs to get as dark as mine. Like you don't need to have, you know, to almost die. It's just 
it can be a spiritual death as well. Like if you're yeah. in, in that horrible cycle, it's hell. It's hell. Doesn't matter. It doesn't even, doesn't matter if, what the rock bottom. How you know? Pe- some people talk about high rock bottoms, like the low, like yeah. you know. But like on on the inside, it can still feel the same. Yeah, yeah definitely. Highly looking at you now, I just can't believe that you've actually been through all that and it's so lovely that you kind of dedicate now your life to helping other people but it's just honestly I cannot even imagine you as that person did you ever how long have you been sober now so I've been sober in terms of like 12 step terms for a bit over three years but really mostly for five there were a couple of days out in that last five but yeah three years continuous yeah and you, and you mentioned community being a big mm. part of that and it we're really big on community obviously with the mm. be sober community it's not 12 step we do mm. have that alternative for people who don't follow 12 step but i think it's always lovely to hear about what your community was like and how that helped you can you share a bit more about that for us please yeah absolutely and look to be honest when when i was first introduced introduced i know it's an anonymous so we, we have which terms do we use here? But when I was uh, first introduced to 12 step, I was like, not for me. <laughs> no way. The dogma, the old science, no way, not a million years. Um, uh, now I'm a big advocate of some community, whatever that looks like, um, and also combining it with other ways, whatever they might be. I really think for, for me personally and, and understanding how others, it's often a combination. But to be in an environment where people get it, you know, because yeah. the, the people get it and they don't judge you. Um, and and I was really lucky here also this, you know, the in the, the Bali community in particular, there's a, big, there's a very big recovery community here. And I looked around at a few of the, the, um, the meetings and this is a bit cheeky, but I was kind of like, I've partied with you people. Like, I reckon I could yeah. get sober with you, you know. You just find, you find anywhere you find your tribe. So for anyone who's struggling with, like, they don't really resonate, just just keep trying different movements, different groups, you know, your community till you find one that clicks because it does make all the difference and it's so important to have people who just get it. You can hear you, see you, understand it. Yeah, we say that all the time, Kylie, when we're talking with our members and we have the Zoom sessions and the um, drop in lounges. And sometimes I kind of sit there and think, oh, I'd have definitely gone out with you lot and party. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we always talk about yeah. we'd have definitely been the last ones, you know, stood in the kitchen yes. for ages and ages. So it's just so lovely. There's something mm. real magical about meeting people on the same journey as you, isn't mm-hmm. there? It and I really think we definitely need to powerful. go to Bali because oh, yeah, yeah, people we, yeah. are our people. <laughs> no, definitely. I agree. You have to come and visit. Yeah, there's and there's some amazing, um, I mean, heaps of meetings all across the island. Because it's a party island people as well, people don't realise. They have no idea that there's this thriving, you know, AA and NA and, um, yeah, it's a, um, it's a it's a beautiful recovery community. And it's funny, I don't know if you guys have ever had the same conversations with people where you've got, firstly there's that like, oh, like, 
I would have partied with you, which is awesome. But but also this little kind of inner knowing, like, wow, it's probably a really good thing we did yeah. three years ago. <laughs>
ask all our guests this season, which of these can you most relate to and why? Oh, be brave. Be, be kind sober. and be, be kind. sober. Oh, well, I'm definitely sober, so I can kind of tick that one. Uh, I live pretty brave. I'd say probably say kind because, um, you know, I was always altruistically driven and now that I'm not sober, there's nothing getting in the way of me actually really showing up and helping others. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the one that resonates the most. That's a good one. You can have all three, though, you know. <laughs> do let people have all three we're being a bit mean because they all kind of come together to make you the person you are they, I suppose they kind of do don't they yeah yeah honestly um, I hope we've managed to cover everything you wanted to cover is there anything you want to add before we round up no, I'm, I suppose the, the only one thing that I would say is, um, and this is going to be on if we haven't show links and on the site, I'm on a real mission at, at the moment to, because the pandemic has caused a global health crisis and part of the global health crisis has increased um, addiction, you know, just, I mean, there's lots of fascinating stats out there. I won't dazzle you with the stats, but we are dealing with, you know, a hangover of the pandemic and yep. a mental yeah. health crisis and, and addiction. So really just, um, you know, in any way sharing the message that, um, that, you know, that people should reach out for help. You know, it's time to reach out for help. And I know a lot of people have been holding on through the crisis and, but, you know, just encourage anyone who's struggling to to reach out for help. Oh, thank and you I'm so much. for DM chats, just, you know, like anyone, my Insta or whatever, like just I'll hop on a call and see if I can encourage someone if they're in a dark place. So just, yeah, share all my contact deeds. Oh, oh that's amazing. amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we've moulded into each other Alex we have again <laughs> we do it every day don't we yeah. no honestly thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story it's really brave of you and really kind of you as well to share yeah. so thank you so much for your time and um, thank you for being on the podcast it's a real pleasure to speak to you yeah no you ladies too really really had a great time too so lovely to chat to you and yeah amazing work that you're doing thank you thanks Kylie see you later See ya. Bye. A big thank you to IPHM for sponsoring this episode. They're a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. And if you're working in the holistic or coaching industry, remember to check them out. Visit the website at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more about us on our website, besoberofficial.com. And until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober.